This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I am taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Give five people a high five, and then you may be seated this evening. Last evening, we started a message I called, God Wants to Bless You, and basically marched down through some prosperity scriptures and also scriptures having to do with confession. And we were talking about how you have to get these scriptures into your heart, and they have to come out of your mouth, and you need to be thoroughly convinced. Say, thoroughly convinced. convinced. You need to be thoroughly convinced that God wants to bless you. We left off with the some of the words of Jesus, Mark 10, 29. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields, what does it take to acquire fields? Talk to me, what does it take to acquire fields? For me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in the sweet by and by. Talk to me, is that what it says? In the present age, homes, what does it take to acquire homes? Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, and with them persecutions, and then in the age to come, eternal life, but many who are first to be last and the last first. And then we gave you Luke 6, 38, given it will be given to you, again, the words of Jesus, given it will be given to you, a good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And then Matthew 6, 19 to 21, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves. So who are we storing this up for? Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. And actually, some of the most important words in the entirety of the Bible, Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now, you've got to see from the Word of God that God wants you to live in abundance. Now, listen to me real closely right here. God will lead you through stages. In other sermon series, we have talked about steps. In God's Word, we see that God leads God's people through stages. Let's go to Psalm 32.8. Psalm 32.8, God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Again, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. This is the God that David knew. Before David would attack or pursue an enemy, he would make an inquiry of the Lord. He is our shepherd. Psalm 23, verse 1, King James, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Say it out loud. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Say it this way. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack no good thing. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, 
And then when my life is over and the days are done, then I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So God will give you more and see how you handle it. These are the stages of prosperity, the stages of success, the stages of abundance that God leads us through. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will give you more. And then he'll see how you handle it. And then he'll give you more. And then he'll see how you handle it. And then he'll give you more. And then he'll see how you handle it. And I've discovered that if I will do right, if I will handle it right, if I'll be a good steward, I have seen there's literally no end to it. Now, this is the way God leads his people, and he did this in driving out the enemies of Israel from the promised land. Same strategy. He drove those peoples out little by little, but God's people had a part to play, and that's why this present apostasy that is sweeping the world is so devastating because it tells people they don't have a part to play. But you do have a part to play. Tell your neighbor, you've got a part to play. Tell the neighbor on the other side, you've got a part to play. When they went to war against those enemies, they won and they drove them out. But when they sat on their blessed assurance and didn't go to war against their enemies, their enemies remained in the land. Look at Exodus 23, 29, and 30. Exodus 29, 23, 29, and 30. But I will, God speaking, but I will not drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you little by little. Say it out loud. Little by little. Little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. Little by little. I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. God promised to do the exact same thing in Deuteronomy 7, verses 21 to 23. Do not be terrified by them, for the Lord your God who is among you is great and is a great and awesome God. The Lord your God will drive out those nations before you little by little. You will not be allowed to eliminate them all at once or the wild animals will multiply around you. But the Lord your God will deliver them over to you, throwing them into great confusion until they are destroyed. And so God's, God leads his people through stages. God leads his people through steps. And God will give you more and see how you handle it. And then he'll give you more and see how you handle it. And then he'll give you more and see how you handle it. He's not going to take you from being on welfare to being a multimillionaire overnight. No, and even if he did, that would be a sure way to get in trouble. Plus, God is a God of stewardship. We're going to be talking about stewardship tonight. He wants to see how you handle the little you have before he gives you more. Say it out loud. I've got to prove myself faithful with what I've got. Say it again. I've got to prove myself faithful with what I've got. Let's go to Matthew 25. Talk about stewardship. Matthew 25, verse 14. Again, it. The kingdom of heaven is like a man going on a journey who called his servants. Did you get it? His servants. Say it out loud. His servants. And entrusted his property to them. Whose property? The master's property. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Now, if we took the words of the Lord Jesus at face value, if we took the words of the Lord Jesus at face value, we would apply our hearts to wisdom to increase our ability. Because he's distributing this money according to their ability. Not their hopefulness, not their wishfulness, not their aspirations, according to their ability. You have right now in your possession, in your estate, the amount of money that God figures you can handle. Say, oh my. oh my. 
Now, the reason we're doing these weeks of increase every year is this, because I want you to have the ability to increase. You notice it's not called a week of diminishment. It's not called a week of going backwards. It's called a week of what? Shout at me. It's called a week of what? It's called a week of increase. And I think I am an honest guy and I'm laying it out from the word of God that God will lead his people and guide his people through stages, step by step, little by little. And you've got to prove yourself right where you are. Then he went on his journey, verse 16, the man who had received the five talents went at once. Shout out loud five times, went at once. I want you to see that the language of the Bible everywhere is the opposite of what these heretics are saying in 2022. Not only does it matter what you do, it matters whether or not you got some hurry about you. My God, my God, my God, there's going to be hell to pay in the future because these ministers are teaching God's people to be lazy you-know-whats. And nobody in my 66 years' experience on this planet needs to be encouraged to be lazy. Except maybe Austin. Just chill, brother. Amen. No, I'm saying, I mean, not lazy, you know, just throttle back a little bit. But I'm just saying, nobody needs to be encouraged to be lazy. Say it out loud. Tell your neighbor, it doesn't just matter what you do. It matters whether or not you hustle. Tell the neighbor on the other side, it doesn't just matter what you do. It matters whether or not you hustle. He went at once. Shout it again. He went at once. Shout it again. He went at once. He went at once and put his money, that is the master's money, get it, the master's money. Before it ever came to you, it was the master's money. He went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. What does gaining mean? Well, not just sitting on it. There is a natural gaining and there is a supernatural gaining. There is a natural gaining, and there is a supernatural gaining. So also the one with two talents gained two more. Now notice it doesn't say that he went at once. Now I'm not trying to read stuff into the Bible, but it does say that the man who had been given five talents went at once, but it does not say that the man who had been given two talents went at once. But the man who had received the two talents, so also the one with the two talents gained two more, but the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Who, whose money was it? Talk to me. Whose money was it? See, once you get in your mind, once you get it into your mind that you're not an owner, that you're a steward and that everything you have came from God and you don't own any of it. You're just managing it for him. Then all the mental gymnastics and troubles fade away because the tithe doesn't matter. None of it matters because it's all his. I'm just watching over it for him in the meantime. Hallelujah. And if he is so inept, if he is so powerless, if he is no good at making his word come to pass, that's not my problem. I said, that's not my problem. But I've discovered his word is good, and he's not inept, and he's not a liar. Hallelujah. 
hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. I came down to this house on a Monday night to declare to you in no uncertain terms, it may seem like a long time, but the master is coming and the master's going to settle accounts. It's going to be a happy day for some and it's not going to be a happy day for others. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled, settled accounts with them. <coughs> the man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me. See, stewardship. You entrusted me with five talents. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things Come and share in your master's happiness. Verse 22, the man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered. See, that is the spirit and the attitude of this generation. It's all somebody else's fault. I'm a screw up in life because of this. I'm a screw up in life because of that. And there's far too much Humanist psychology in the pulpits of America. I'm okay, you're okay. No, we're not. None of us is okay. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And Jesus came preaching what John preached ahead of him, and that is repent. So he's blaming the master. So I was afraid. You know, here in the last few uh, Wednesday nights, I've gotten hung up on a couple of scriptures, James 2 and the King James, and then the other night, about two or three weeks back, Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 is fascinating. Jesus is in his hometown, and the Bible, depending on the translation, the Bible specifically says that he could do no mighty work there. Fascinating. The Son of God the King of kings, the Lord of lords, in person. And he could do no mighty work there. And the Bible says that he was astounded at their unbelief. He could do no mighty work there. He was astounded at their unbelief. Then you read on, his solution was, he went about teaching and preaching in the villages. So his solution was, they need more word. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The problem is when we've heard it, and heard it, and heard it, and heard it, and we don't take action on it. Look, we know, God knows, the devil knows, everybody knows what you believe by what you're doing. Fauci says wear a mask. Fauci says wear two masks. <laughs> Fauci says stand on one leg. Fauci says pick your nose. I mean, whatever the guy says, I'm being facetious because it is just that ridiculous. Amen. Study after study after study after study showed none of that made any difference. Study after study after study shows the lockdowns didn't make any difference. They wrecked the supply chain. They, they doubled the debt. I mean, they wrecked society. They ruined education for youngsters across the land, actually worldwide. And these apostates who say it doesn't matter how you live, they complied. 
But I say the Lord's going to settle accounts. And if you obeyed all of that nonsense, but you won't hear and heed and repeat and take action on the word of God, when the master comes to settle accounts, it will not be a happy day. But he's coming. And you know when he's coming? When people don't expect him, which is probably right about now. <laughs> Say it out loud. The Lord's coming. The Lord's coming. And, the Lord and the Lord is going to settle accounts. So let's go back to that concept. He was astounded at their unbelief. God knows, the devil knows, everybody around us knows what we believe by what we do. And then there is a word that I just got hung up on. That's why I did my diversion because the word in verse 25 is a word that answers so many questions on this thing of money and why God's people do not pull ahead financially. He says, so I was afraid. And that's it. Why don't people tithe? Two sides of the same coin. They don't believe God and they're afraid. Why don't people give offerings as led by the Holy Spirit above and beyond the tithe? Two sides of the same coin. They do not believe God, and they are afraid. And that's it. You know, this professor of psychology from Belgium just wrote a book. We've got it. I haven't gotten into it yet. The Psychology of Totalitarianism. And he, he's the guy that made the term mass formation psychosis famous. And he talked about, in that interview, that the way you get people to comply with anything is you isolate them, you fill them with fear, and you fill them with this angst, this floating anxiety. They did it on purpose. They did it on purpose. They created fear on purpose. See, the Bible says, and I'm surprised I'm going down this path. The Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. And you may say, why would we give six days to a week of increase year after year after year? And the answer is what I learned from John Osteen. Money is important because you handle it every day. You don't need healing every day, but you handle money every day. How many things in life do you not deal with every day, but you handle money every day? And we need it every day. Give us this day our bread, our daily bread. And because of this, the way they're printing money, it takes more bread every day to buy the bread than it did the day before. Money creates stress. Money creates anxiety in marriages. How many marriages have we seen bust up over money? And generally, people don't argue about having too much money. What are we going to do with all this money? Well, I don't know. What do you think we ought to do with all this money? People don't fight over too much money. They fight when there's not enough. He said, I was afraid and went out and hid your talent. Everybody shout, your talent. your talent. This is Jesus telling this parable. I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. That is what the disobedient Christian does. He hides his money and he blames God for his cheapness. He hides his money and then he turns around and blames God for his cheapness. But wait a minute. It isn't really the Christian's money to hide because all things have come from God in the first place. So the disobedient Christian spends his entire life trying to hide God's money from God. It's God's money. 
The disobedient Christian spends his entire life trying to hide God's money from the preacher, hide God's money from his wife, hide God's money from his kids. The disobedient Christian spends his entire life acting poor and talking poor and living poor. This is why we're on this. That's why I marched down through those scriptures last night. You have got to be thoroughly convinced. You have got to build it into your heart and into your mouth. You cannot live wealthy and talk poor. See here what is belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. No wonder, no wonder they want to say that everything Jesus said before the death, burial, and resurrection doesn't apply to us. You wicked, lazy servant. The disobedient Christian is a wicked and a lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with a banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him, the one talent guy, and give it to the one who has the ten talents, not the four talent guy, the ten talent guy, for everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance and whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. So if Bernie Sanders were a Christian and read the Bible instead of being a communist, he would see that it is God himself who takes the talent of money from the Christian who hides his master's money and gives it to the ten-talent Christian who multiplies his master's money. And nothing can be done about it. Nothing can be done about it. Because it is a principle, it is a law, and it is at work in the earth. And throw that worthless servant out. No, now he's not just wicked. Now he's not just lazy. Now he's worthless. I'm going to memorize this. You know, I don't ever fire anybody. Uh, I have other people fire people. But I'm, <laughs> but I'm going to memorize this maybe. Next time I'm going to say you worthless, lazy, wicked <laughs> can you imagine I said can you imagine these words fell from the lips of Jesus and he says money he's not talking about you know guitar playing piano playing uh, he's talking about money. The Bible says money. It says money. And to throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Imagine these words fell from the lips of our Savior. I want you to be thoroughly convinced that God wants you to have abundance, that the Father's dream for your life is abundance. I gave you last night Psalm 35, 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Not sad. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually. How often? Continually. Let them say continually. But let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. God takes pleasure. In the prosperity of his people. Shout it again. God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his people. But God wants you to be able to handle more. You got you to prove yourself right where you are to go on to the next level. You've got to learn how to handle the money you have right now well in order for him to trust you with more. And by God giving you more, that means God will allow you to earn more. Not fall out of the sky, earn more. Matthew 25, 19, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And for every Christian, there is coming, coming a reckoning day. How many Christians will say on that day, I made a living, but I never really made a life. How many Christians will say on that day, I made a living, but I never really made a life. 
And how many tears will he have to wipe away from his own children who didn't dare to believe the word of God? And that's it. That's it. It is that simple. They didn't dare to believe the word of God. Tears when we see what we could have done for Jesus. Tears when we see what could have been done. Tears when, we, when it dawns on us what, what could have been accomplished. My, my, my. What if Sue and I had remained among those denominational full gospel people? My, my, my. We'd have nothing today. Kenneth Hagin used to say the anointing comes by association and the anointing comes by environment. I'm talking about Kenneth Hagin, the one that went to be with the Lord 19 years ago. Where you go to church and who you hang out with matters. Say it out loud. Tell your neighbor, where you go to church and who you hang out with matters. Tell the person on the other side where you go to church and who you hang out with matters. I don't know about you, but I'm on my way up. I said, I don't know about you, but I'm on my way up. And I cannot be bothered with word of God deniers. Kenneth Hagin used to say, people who haven't been taught faith sure do without a lot. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Sue and I took the path we took. What a life we have lived and what a life you can live. My word to you tonight is, it is the will of God that you be blessed by God and you can come on up. You and I will all stand at the judgment seat of Christ to give an account of deeds we have done in our body. These heretics like the Apostle Paul. Well, how about some Apostle Paul? 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due in him for the things done. For the things done. For the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Whether good or bad. Not just the good, whether good or bad. When you learn how to walk by faith and not by sight, you can tithe. And you can give gifts above and beyond the tithe into the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can provide for your family and you can live a wonderful life. I have been preaching it now 38 years, seven months and one Sunday. Jesus said, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and you might have that life more abundantly. All of these years since we pioneered this church, I have been saying, you can have it all. You don't have to go without food to tithe. You don't have to go barefoot to tithe. Who the heck do you think you're serving? You don't have to not feed your children to tithe. You can have it all. In fact, God wants you to have so much money, you'll have to pray now, Lord, after I tithe, what do you want me to do with the rest of this money? Tell your neighbor, I'd sure like to have that problem. Tell the neighbor on the other side, I'd sure like to have that problem. The Lord wants you to be well-dressed. The Lord wants your children well-dressed. If your children need their teeth straightened, the Lord wants you to have the money to get their teeth straightened. Look. Why not get your children's teeth straightened and believe God to help you make the payments? Tell your neighbor, he is really in our business. <laughs> well, if there was no solution, but there's a solution, just do it. And then believe God that God will help you make the payments. It's not like trying to raise a kid's IQ. Good luck with that. Although there are two ways to do it. <laughs> Don't get 
messed up, uneasy stuff. Some of this stuff is so easy, it's laughable. Just head out and believe God that he'll, he'll help you. Look at your hands. Hold your hands out there and talk to your hands and say, Hands, I serve the God who blesses all the work of my hands. The Lord wants you to have money to keep your children out of government, brainwashing centers, otherwise known as public schools. Isaiah 119, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Like we've always said here at Faith Christian Center, if it's God's will that we eat the best of the land, it's God's will that we live in the best of the land. If it's God's will that we eat the best of the land, it's God's will that we wear the best of the land. If it's God's will that we eat the best of the land, it's God's will that we drive the best of the land. Now, I know people fall out with me about this stuff, but this is all perspective. Years ago, I had a couple of guys working for me on staff, and, you know, I'm always trying to help people. So we went on this little staff retreat. We were down in Salado, Texas, and we're golfing. And uh, one of them says to me, Pastor, what kind of clubs are those? I said, they're the best. <laughs> And he got offended, and he never got over it. He was offended from that day till the day I fired him. <laughs> now, anybody been golfing, any guys been golfing, any gals been golfing, you know this is very personal. There is no such thing as the best because what works for one person is not necessarily what works for another person. So I wasn't trying to rag on him about the money. I wasn't trying to brag. But if I'm going to take people somewhere and I'm going to pay their bills and I'm going to try and have a retreat, and I'm going to try and help them, it seems to me it's my prerogative to try and teach them. The best. And so some of y'all might want to you know, one-story ranch house. Some of you might want a two-story. Some of you might want a Mediterranean-looking thing. Some of you might want a, you know, New England-looking thing. This is all preference. But for you, and what I've discovered about my wonderful, beautiful, glorious, magnificent Father is this. If I will stay in my lanes... I can have whatever I want. What do I mean by stay in my lanes? I cannot set my faith or my goals or my aspirations on something prohibited by the word of God. I can't believe him, for example, to be the number one drug dealer in the county. I can't believe him, you know, that I can have two wives or that this one dies so I can have another one. I got to stay in my lanes. But if I will stay in my lanes, I can set my faith on this and I can set my faith on that and I can believe God for this and I can believe God for that and he will meet me there. Every time. He'll meet me there. That's how we're able to do all this stuff. And then last year, I think it was last year, I did a whole message on why this waste. Remember that? I kept shouting, why this waste? Well, who, who protested why this waste? Who was that? What was his name? Judas. God doesn't care what stuff costs. God cares about people. And if you will give God what God says belongs to him, why would he care what something costs? See, once you give God what God says belongs to him, then you can stand before him without your heart condemning you. 
I made a mistake on a car like this once. I, I, Austin took me to look at a car, and, you know, I sat in the car, front seat, sat in the back seat. The back seat's what really amazed me. I mean, the detail and all this. And the Lord spoke to me in the back seat of that car, said, I don't care. I mean, because my thinking was, oh, my gosh, I, I'm not doing this. And the Lord spoke to me, said, I don't care what it costs. I mistook him. I misunderstood him. So I ordered one. <laughs> And when I got it, I didn't like it, and then I traded it, so I misunderstood him. He wasn't saying buy it. He was saying, I don't care what it costs. See, we care what it costs. He didn't care what it costs. Pastor Gene, how much is phase two going to cost? Whatever it's to make. I know this really rich guy. <laughs> Have I told you? I am personal friends. Forget about the richest man in the United States or the richest man in the world. I am personal friends with the richest person in the entire universe. Amen. And there's no shortage with him. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, but maybe we ought to draw it smaller so it costs less. Now, maybe we ought to build it cheaper so it costs less. No, we're going to draw what we want to draw. And uh, the worst case scenario is, well, it'll take a few more months, a couple more challenge offerings, I don't know. But there's no point. There's no point. There's no point in expanding our preschool areas with a few double wides out here. Because that's not who we are. Can I get an amen? amen? Shout out loud, Lord, I'm willing. Lord, I'm willing. See, Isaiah 119 in the Living Bible says, if you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. God wants to lift you up. Will you let him? I said, God wants to lift you up. Will you let him? Yes. That's awful meek. I said, God wants to lift you up. Will you let him? Yes. Shout out loud, Lord, I'm willing. If you will only let me help you, I, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. Now, the problem is I, I came down a while back and I, I did my little route and I talked about Mark chapter 6. And you know what the problem is right here? Isaiah 119, you know what the problem is? You know what the problem is? You want to know what the problem is? On a Monday night, you want to know what the problem is? Yeah, we don't believe them. That's it. That's it. But if he, only he was a short little squirt that was like 80-something years old and looked like a rat, <laughs> then maybe we'd believe him. We don't believe him. We don't believe him. Now, you know that we have never tried to get every nickel, every service. Not in any of these years have we ever done that, and we have never told everybody to give everything they have. We have taught people to be doers of the Word of God and give God what God says belongs to Him. That's the first thin dime out of every dollar. And then to give what He says to you, not to me to tell you, as led by the Holy Spirit what to do, that's it. So we're not asking for, we're not asking anybody to do anything because people get it, people don't. The Bible says, Jesus said, let him who has ears to hear, hear. The apostle Paul said, let him who is ignorant be ignorant still. Then pastor, what are we doing here on a Monday night? Because some of you are going to get it. The, the light bulb is going to come on in some of you and some of you, look, Decades ago, decades ago, decades ago, a man brought David Wilkerson a tithe for $55 million. Decades ago. And that is the money he used to buy the Nederlander Theater in Times Square and open up Times Square Church. Decades ago. I say, the world has had our money long enough. Amen. 
not only have they had our money long enough, they've been whipping us with our money. I want you fully persuaded that God is a good God. Third John 2, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Poverty is a curse, it's not a blessing, and poverty is not the will of God. Say it out loud, poverty, poverty. is not the will of God. Jesus said, Matthew 25, 19, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. God is going to settle accounts with you. Picking up in verse 19, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five master. He said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. Even though he did not go at once, he gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. God needs rulers. Now listen to me. I'm going somewhere. I'm not talking because I got nothing else to do. God needs rulers. His Lord said unto him, well done, Thou good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. God needs rulers. 2 Timothy 2.11, here is a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will disown us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. People think they're going to be rulers in eternity when they never learned how to rule anything here on earth. I don't know how many times I've sat at lunch with some preacher, told me he was believing God, confessing, believing he was going to be the governor of Colorado in the millennium. And he couldn't rule a potato sack here on planet Earth in this life. God needs managers. Are you hearing me? That's why you got to manage your money well, because God needs managers. And God needs rulers. The basis of all prosperity in the word of God is Genesis 18, 19, for I know him. God speaking of Abraham, for I know him. That he will command his family and his household after him. I'll tell you the root rot in these full gospel ministries in the earth today, and that is they never commanded their family and they never commanded their household. They're not managers and they're not rulers. God gave them some revelation. They had some revelation on faith. They had some revelation in the full gospel realm, but they never commanded their families and they never commanded their households. They have managed nothing well. And their children are running wild and their spiritual children are heretics. Am I making it plain? How can you expect to rule and reign with Christ in the millennium if you cannot even keep your household under control? How can these ministers think they're going to rule and reign with Christ in the millennium and they cannot even manage their organizations here right now? God needs rulers. Shout out loud, God needs rulers. God needs rulers. 
People think they're going to be rulers in eternity when they've never learned how to rule anything here on earth. It's the people who have the least that are tempted to do nothing. Shifting gears now. It's the people who have the least that are tempted to do nothing. Satan is always whispering to them, what can you do? You don't have enough. And even if you gave, it wouldn't count for much. And even if you saved some money, it wouldn't amount to much. Friends, that is not the language of God. That is the language of the devil. The language of God is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Satan is always whispering to people who don't have enough and saying to them, what can you do? You're on welfare. What can you do? You're but a single parent. Well, I'll tell you what you can do. You can start looking to God as your source. You can start looking to the word of God for your reality because our God is able. Shout out loud five times, God is able. But he works through you, Ephesians 3, 20, 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 9 and at least head toward the end. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, doesn't sound like very much lack in there to me. And God is able. Shout out loud another five times. God is able. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work as it is written. He has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now, this from Isaiah. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase, supply and increase, supply and increase your store of seed, your store of seed, your store of seed. How can God increase your store of seed if you don't have a store of seed? And will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Then verse 11, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And here's, why you don't, and here's why you don't want to allow Satan to talk you into doing nothing. Back to Matthew 25, the man who had received the one talent, verse 24, came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. Shout out loud, he was afraid. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with a banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the 10 talents for everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance and whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. Now you show me in this passage where it says this is just about the present life. Or you show me in this passage where it says this is just about the future. I think the application is now and then. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be gnash, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold the phone, back it up. Is there a place in this life where you can throw a wicked, lazy servant into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth? So here's the principle. 
That which the do-nothings have, even in the kingdom of God, is taken from them and given to people of action so that the people of action will have an abundance. Shout out loud, action. action. Shout out loud, I'm a person, I'm a person. of action. What's he going to have? The action guy. What's the action guy going to have? Talk to me. Somebody talk to me tonight. He's going to have abundance. The guy who takes action is going to have abundance. God is saying to you tonight, if you will take the little that you have and show me that you can handle it right and tithe, and then handle what's left over, right? I'll give you so much, you will eventually have abundance. It is the will of God that you have abundance. That's what I'm preaching at Faith Christian Center. Do right. Show God you can handle it right. And be a ruler. They want us to be pinballs and their little machine. You know, the ad comes up, oh, I gotta have that. You get the email comes, oh, I gotta have that. You know, advertisement about the new $300,000 electric Cadillac, oh, I gotta have that. $300,000 for a Cadillac. Somebody is on the ball. <laughs> Wear a mask. Wear two masks. Get the shot. You cannot get this virus if you get this shot. Oops. You cannot get this virus if you have two shots. Oops. You cannot get this virus if you have three shots. And the guy that said all that has had four shots and he's had COVID twice in two and a half weeks. See, that's what they want. Just a ball in the pinball machine. Just, you know, ding, da ding, da ding, da ding, da ding, da ding, da ding, and spend and borrow and spend and borrow and put a mask on and then spend and borrow and and you got nothing. You got nothing, you got nothing, you got nothing, and everything you have came from the government. Now I'm talking about a sure and a steady way to go. Be a doer of the word of God. Not just tithe, not just give offerings above and beyond the tithe, but set aside savings and then invest that savings. We're on vacation in... May and June, and I told Austin, I said, the key to everything is something I didn't see when I was a young man, and that is eliminate debt and save money. I like what Dave Ramsey says. If you live like no one else, later, you can live like no one else. But see, if you just buy everything, your little old beady eyes see, just got to have it, got to have it. Just got to have it. Charge it. And they haven't done, they have not done anybody any favors with all this easy credit. I think we were blessed when we got married. There was no credit. We wanted to get where Sue was working. They had a, uh, she was working at JCPenney. They had a sofa and a love seat on sale. We liked it. We bought the sofa. I mean, it took all of our money, nearly everything we had. We bought the sofa. We wanted the love seat. How are we going to get the love seat? So we went to the bank we were using and applied, said, uh, told the guy, nice man, what we wanted to do. Could we get a Visa card and get that love seat? Nope. He said, I'll tell you what I do. I think it was $400. He said, I'll tell you what, what, what we'll do. You put $400 in the account, and we'll give you a credit card with $400 credit. And at the age of 21, I understood banking. <laughs> they do not lose money. Amen? 
So I don't know how we did it, but we bought the love seat. Amen. So God's will is that you have abundance. So take action. Give God one-tenth of everything that crosses your hands. Save some money every seven days, even if it is just $5. And then as led by the Holy Spirit of God, given to special offerings, and then handle the rest of your money right. Don't buy everything your little old BDIC, and you'll never make one inch of progress until you stop using holy money that doesn't belong to you. Leviticus 27, 30, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Whether we give it to him or not, it's his. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, honor the Lord. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with his first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. The Living Bible says, honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income. Everything you have belongs to God, so you're not an owner, you're a steward. But you got to start, you got to start, you got to start. You got to start tithing, you got to start saving money. Don't be a person with a champagne appetite and a beer income. Don't buy everything your little old BDIC and learn to handle your money right and learn to be conservative with your money when you're young so you'll have more money later when you're older. If you can't afford it, don't do it. And yes, it is that simple. Tell your neighbor, if you can't afford it, don't do it. And you young people, companies aren't going to pay you any more money because you have a fancy degree from Baylor or TCU than if you have a degree from UTA or Evangel. So it's silly to rack up $100,000 or $200,000 in school loan debt. And don't pay $50,000 for a wedding if you can't afford a $50,000 wedding. If all you can afford is a $1,000 wedding, then have a $1,000 wedding. People are loading themselves down with so much debt so early in life, they'll always be poor. Do not do that. You simply cannot go and act like you got, you got a million dollars when you don't have a million dollars. Can't spend money all day long and borrow money all day long and then confess the debt's gone and believe you received the cancellation of your debt. You can't do that because that doesn't work. You know, it does work taking action on the Word of God, taking action on the Word of God, taking action on the Word of God. We got married in 1976. Of course, there were no vacations. 1978, we got a position full-time on staff at a church in Fort Worth. Assembly of God Church, I made the fabulous salary. Hold on to your seat. They paid me $1,000 a month. A month. And a man in the church was a executive of some company, and they owned some Holiday Inns. And he said, look, he said, if you need to go on vacation, you can stay down at the Holiday Inn on Padre Island and and I'll get you in there at half price. Oh, man. I got in touch with my feminine side, and I was going to save us some money. You know, I'm always getting emails from Sue. Honey, I bought this dress on sale. I'm saving us money. I bought this on sale. I'm saving us money. Honey, I bought this. I'm saving us money. We came back off that, yeah, the, the hotel was half price, but I was young, I didn't know. You got tourist fees, you got state sales tax, you got this, you got that, then you got food, then you got the rented car, then you got the airline ticket. We, we paid for that dumb vacation for two years. <laughs> two years to go down there and get tar balls on our feet. If you don't have it, don't spend it. If you don't have it, don't do it. Find something that fits where you are. God watches how you handle your money. So do without until you can afford it. John Osteen used to say, sit on an apple box until you can afford a chair. John Osteen used to say, sleep on the porch until you can buy a bed. Although I think in Texas, I'd buy an air conditioner before I bought a bed. They have not done young people any favors with all this easy money and easy credit. No wonder there are so many Bernie Sanders fans among the young people. They have literally spent themselves into oblivion, so they want someone to come along and bail them out, which means the government, which means you. 
The Bible calls that covetousness, wanting what someone else has, coveting what someone else has. Johnny Osteen used to say, drive your old car until you can afford a better car. Handle your money right and get out of debt because God wants to bless you. I said God wants to bless you. I thought I said God wants to bless you. But he will not bless people who are sloppy in business. He won't bless people who are sloppy in their handling of money. It can take some time, but ask God to help you handle your money wisely. Show God you can handle what you've got right now. Show God you can handle well what you've got in your hands right now and learn to honor God. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, 3, 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the, with the first fruits of all your crops. The Living Bible says, honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income. And even when unexpected money comes across your hands, honor the Lord with the tithe of it. Honor the Lord with the first part of it. Because everything you have belongs to God. You're not an owner, you're a steward. Honor the Lord. Look, we live in a day where people are honoring the last president. I don't know of anybody myself honoring this president, but honoring this, honoring that, everybody honoring stuff, honoring, you know, that religious leader, honoring this religious leader, learn to honor the Lord. I said learn to brag on the Lord. Learn to honor God. Honor God with your money. Honor God in your home. Before you eat, <clears throat> you pray over that food. You teach those children. This comes from the Lord. You teach those grandchildren. All that we have came from the Lord. Honor the Lord with your mouth. Honor the Lord with your money. Honor the Lord with your speech. Honor the Lord with everything you do. Lift him up. Look to him. Lift him up. Honor the Lord with your health. You got the shot? Have faith in God. If you didn't get the shot, have faith in God. But whatever you do, don't brag on the shot. Brag on the Lord. I said honor the Lord. Look to the Lord. Honor the Lord. I want Faith Christian Center to be the healthiest and the wealthiest congregation in America. And I get an amen. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth.